What's up, everybody? Welcome to Leaders of Lifestyle, a podcast all about real estate, sports, and entertainment. Take a deep dive with me into the world of high-end lifestyle and get exposed to the different leaders behind the scenes of it all. So let's get right into it. Welcome, everybody, to Leaders of Lifestyle podcast. I'm your host, Michael Ferraro, and we have a special guest with us this week. Matthew Breitenbach from the Breitenbach Advisory Group is here with us, and I'm going to read a little bit about Matthew and, and go over some of his bio before we jump in. So Matt started his real estate career at 22 years old. Uh, since then, he sold over $1.5 billion in real estate and has over 12 years of experience representing, representing celebrity and luxury real estate clients, clients such as NBA superstar Kyrie Irving, Jason Kidd, and more. Matt's worked with some of the wealthiest and most influential people in the world that can range from hedge fund billionaires to Hall of Fame athletes to local builders, developers, and investors. Some of Matt's most recent notable sales include representing the Truman Capote estate, and also uh, NBA superstar Jason Kidd's watermill home. Matt was recently ranked uh, by Wall Street Journal as one of the top 250 best brokers in the United States. And some of these really cool agent uh, um, awards that he's won, uh, I think it's so cool. Music's top 15 real estate agents, that's done by Billboard. Top showbiz elite agents, uh, one of the best by Variety Magazine. And the who's who of luxury real estate, he won the Rookie of the Year. Damn, Matt, that is quite a resume that you have. And there's so much Thanks, more man. to you that we're going to jump into. Thank you so much for being on with us today. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Love being here. Love talking to you again. Had a blast with you out in East Hampton. And, um, you know, when you came out and um, just just love, love shoot, shooting it with you. And so I'm happy to be here. Yeah, man. I mean, we uh, uh, for people people are going to see this on YouTube. People are going to listen to this on all the pod, uh, podcast platforms. But me, uh, I went out to the twenty four two mile hollow uh, uh, road in uh, East Hampton and met you at the property. Toured the property. We did an awesome video. That's going to be coming out soon. I got to learn a lot about you. So I am so excited for all of our listeners and viewers to learn more on this platform as well about you. Um, so let's get right into it because I have so much to talk to you about. But I, I think one of the things I have written right off the bat here to, for you is you've had so much success at a relatively young age in the business. I mean, you started when you were 22 and we're going to get into your, your established family roots in real estate. But mm -hmm. out of everything that you'd say that you have done up to this point and listed and work with the best and been and have all this press about you what would you say out of everything you've done is the one you look back so far and be like yeah that one probably was that was my that was my best either sale buyer story whatever is there something that stands out to you um i mean from a from a client perspective i mean from a career move perspective i think like venturing out on my own was was huge but i think from a client perspective um you know i i recently just maybe a year and a half ago um got invited to go on a pitch and this guy was like the ex secretary of state for like the united kingdom wow you know major guy big property lanford wilson house in sag harbor it's on our youtube 23 suffolk street you can check it out it's got like a gazillion hits it's such a beautiful historic home yeah and 
he was very smart guy, obviously, and he had like he had every big shot Hampton's agent. It was like going through the gauntlet. Like it was like it was like the NBA West of like the old, you know, like it was like <laughs> you gotta go through this gauntlet of like and and um for those of you don't know, my mom's a broker too, and she was even yep. pitching it. So it was the first time I was like wait, wait, wait. you were competing with your mom? Competing against my mother for the That's first crazy. time. And he didn't want to do a co exclusive, which is my mom and I's agreement that we want to always like co list things yeah. if we go against each other. So right. it's kind of like win or lose. Like there was no middle. I'm like, oh, great. This is going to be a weird Thanksgiving. <laughs> and, uh, and, and it was some really big shot agents. And like, you know, we went in there. Um, and I remember it was like, you know, July in the Hamptons, like traffic. Like I was like five minutes late for this appointment. And I go into the house and this guy just like lays into me, you know, like, you know, tough as nails. Like you late. He's like, I don't care that you were late. I care that you didn't tell me you were going to be late. And I was like, it's fine. And I'm in my head. I'm like, what? I'm like, I, so I, (laughs) I rebounded from that. And I was like, I never, you know, like one of my team members in the, in the foyer and we're like, we're sunk, dude. Like, dude, this is, this is going to go South. Like we're shot out of the, like, I'm like, you know, and we're fighting. I'm like, why did the pit, why, why, you know, we're like, damn, we're like flustered. But we went in there and we nailed it. And um, we had a really good conversation, really tough conversation. But we talked, you know, and I think it, it really when we realized, like, the move I made coming to Compass, the move, made, move I made, you know, revamping, you know, some a lot of stuff I was doing, you know, redirecting my marketing that, like, like this is like the, like, I was like, arrived as a new generation broker like i can go against these old guard guys and i'll go i'll go toe to toe and like they better look out because i'm coming in hot like i was here like it kind of arrived on the on the scale i made a lot of noise when i got that listing they were like whoa like us some big brokers were like you know mac not not as like who you know like and i was i'm a name and i'm known but like i mean it was a major listing and i think we took a very objective approach to it. Like a lot of brokers are blowing smoke. And I think he appreciated my honesty as like, no, nah, you don't want to price it at 11. We got to price it at nine and we're going to get nine. And, um, it was, it was really amazing. And, um, you know, we ended up selling it actually in a few weeks. And after that, he was like, you know, like, you know, and, he, and there's, you know, I have war stories as well. Like it doesn't all go this way. If anyone's listening to this and be like, Oh, wow. Every listing is going to like, you're going right. to like triumph. You know, right. I think, um, you know, I think winning, you know, when you, when you get the, when you get the win is, you know, what's stuff about real estate is like a win or loss. I don't know if I'm going off here. Stop me. Cause no, I can just this is the real estate guy. I was talking, no, please, so, go. like, listen, like in this business is win or lose. Like, and, and my mom taught me so much and, I, and then we can go into another point. Like she's everything to me. I love her. And she's like, I learned so much from her. And I still hear her little voice so many times, but like, one thing I never heard tell me too is like win or lose, like there's no middle ground in real estate. There's no second place, there's no third place, there's no fourth place. You don't get a little ribbon. There's no like fourth place trophy, no right? So you win or lose, you get the deal or you lose the deal. And 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 um, you know it's it's vicious in that regard. And I think you know when you get to win, um, you know, and I know how much I went through like over the years to go into a pitch like that and win was like big for me, like the fight, like the grind, like the sacrifice, like the, you know, the long hours and the change in different brokerages and rebranding and no one sees it, you know, yeah, like right. all it took to get to this moment where I'm going into like one of the, 
you know, and it wasn't the biggest deal I've done. I've done over $9 million deals, but it was like, like just like the type of listing it was, the type of client it was, and the competition, it just like kind of exasperated into a very big situation. But it, you know, it's, it's that, it's that battle every day and that, you know, working for that, that greatness for those wins. And I think it's like, you know, just, you know, it was big for me to get that win there. You know, it really was, you know, during, it felt good. during an Olympic year when everybody's probably watching the Olympics and gold medals and doing this stuff. And I was, I'm a big athlete myself. Yeah. Um, putting in that dedication and those time, the blood, sweat and tears behind the scenes that nobody sees. Right. And then getting there competing, which I don't care what you're doing in life. Everybody competes and being on the top of that mountain and actually getting that listing must have been an absolutely kick-ass feeling. That's just no, it is. Really, that's been awesome. It is. it is. It's um I read a quote by Kobe Bryant recently. He goes, I heard a quote, he said, um, always chasing those wins, never done. And he was retired at that time. Right. So he was like in his life, his approach to life, he was always chasing W's. Like he was always he's gonna approach everything like I'm gonna win, you know, in this situation. And like right. listen, like you know, you know, I don't want to like come off like, you know, you know, you know, so like a self-centered kind of thing. But I think in, in this business, um, you really have to be ruthless with winning because there's no middle ground. I and mean, if you don't, you don't make money, like there's no support, right. there's no base salary, there's right. no, you know, it's either you, you get it or you don't, you know, right. and um, it, it's, 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 uh, I always call it a high contact sport because of that. You know? Absolutely. So. You went into this pitch, and I think everybody at one time or another has gone into that like that pitch where you just immediately hit friction for whatever the reason. They're like a high D personality; they want to drive the conversation. You know, you're like you want to take over, you want to do something, but they're already there's already come you know combativeness right off the bat. I think people. I don't want to leave this topic without going over this because I think from someone like you who has so much experience, even at a young age, who's been in the business as long as you have, who's taken down some big whales and worked on some huge houses. How did you, what is it that you think that you did in there that maybe turned it around? And what was it about what you do so well that you cult you explained to him or were able to break down to him that he was like, Matt's my guy. This is something that I, I, I got to have work with this guy. Yeah, I mean, something I've always believed in, I think what we turned it, I mean, one, we stayed calm. We didn't like, I mean, we had a thing, you know, we didn't, I mean, we didn't fully implode. I mean, we felt it in here. In foyer. <laughs> but other than that, we kind of fired through. And, um, you know, I, I think we, we held it together. We stayed calm. You got to take a punch, I think, in this business. Yeah, you definitely got to, you know, like, and I deal with some volatile people and they come out and actually, I would work with this seller down the road. And I sold actually the, the, the guest house this property to the same buyer actually closed this year. Mm -hmm. um, so that all in sale ended up being 13 some odd million. It's a record setter in Sag Harbor. It's very quiet because there's actually an NBA guy that bought it. It was a very, very quiet deal. Cool. Um, but so we couldn't really promote that record. But so it did end up being about 13 million real estate. But he would tell me later on, he's like, I like working with you because like I'll unload on you. And like, I don't react. Like I like receive you know, and I miss calm mm -hmm. and I bring calmness to it. So we kind of like, I brought a calmness through it, but I think the way we pitched it was that like, I mean, some pitches when you go in, it's about not fully the property. It's about more of approach and who you are and like who they're entrusting it. And sometimes like, like it's about the property 
But all I know is I remember getting out front of that house and I looked at the, my teammate and I said, whoa, like that was intense. I felt like I just went through a Senate confirmation hearing, you know, like he's guys like an ex-politician. Yeah. Like I just got, we just got like went through the ringer, but I was like, I, th- I had a good feeling it went well. Um, but we really, I think what, what was good with him, which I think was good. He said that we, we, we brought realistic expectations to the pricing and the strategy. And we were very like, we like, I took a very objective based approach to it, you know? Um, and I never, I prepare really hard. Like you got to prepare hard. Like, like, like I'm a big pitch guy. Like I don't, I like to prepare like lead behinds and stuff, but like through my preparation, like it helps me know what I'm going to say. And I'm also well studied. Like it's going into a test where like, like I've studied the comps, I've studied it. I'm like well prepared. Yeah. And I've, I've, I've thought about the strategy. I don't just go in there and shoot. Like I, I'm like, who's the buyer? What's the price? Like, what's the thing? So when I come into that pitch, which when I did, like we laid out a whole strategy and then I kind of tied into like how I'm different than these other people. Mm. And um, the way I did that was basically talking about like the difference about this new generation, this new money buyer, this new world that we live in, leaning on what this company I'm at, this tech-based face brokerage, this comp, just like, you know, what I am, you know, a younger guy in the business, this kind of stuff. As my wife kind of jokes me, she's like, man, you're not that young anymore. I'm like, yes, yes I am, but okay, we'll talk about it. Anyway, so like, <laughs> I'm 38, I'm still pretty young. But like, it's like, we, it, it was, it, it was positioning, right? Like in a pitch, it's like, there's a problem and you need, like, where's the solutions, right? right? And you, I think you need to be the solution to the problem. Right. And that was, I mean, doing the, doing the same thing a lot of it myself. I think it was, it's so interesting that you came in there and you did a mixture between who you were as a person, your age, your youthfulness, your hunger, your understanding that the buyer today is not the buyer it was, using the company, using understanding the platform, and then your market knowledge, right? I think that going in there and trying to take somebody who probably came out, you like, he's so worried about your five minutes late. And in the back of your mind, you're like, I'm about to lay out literally like boop, 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 boop. So where may he's not structured, boom, here's this logical structured plan as to how we're going to go from A to B and get the property sold and it made complete sense. And that probably just brought it down. Like this guy's got his stuff together. Like it, it yeah. probably was great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, being, if I wasn't like, if I didn't, I never, I took the whole afternoon to work on it. I don't really spend it, you know, like I, I, I spent a lot of time. I never like, I'm, I'm in the Southampton office, the Compass Marketing team is based in the Bridgehampton office. I sat in like the lobby of the Bridgehampton office with my laptop and was like banging away on a Google document, going back and forth to the marketing, uh, you know, uh, office across, you know, across the like little alleyway there, popping in there and, you know, going back and forth. And, you know, I think through that, I was really well studied. And if I didn't have that, you know, going, you know, through the creation, it was helping me also like really dive into it that I could speak to it really well. And I think if I didn't have that after the start to that pitch, it would have went south really quick, you know? Like did you do like a marketing, um, like a pre-done, did you went in there, did you go in there with paper or digital and like have a pre-done marketing plan that you showed them when you were there on like a laptop or? I, I mean, that's like a whole nother, you know, that's a good you know thing to talk about. And I know for me, it's like, like I told you, like I like to pitch, like I'm not a presenter. I'm not like, well, here's this, you know, you know, you know, here's the spreadsheet, you know, whatever. I'm not going to like yeah. put up a presentation on a screen. Row B, um, section two. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So I'm trying to like, I've been a little bit on that. For there, I, I, you know, I used to bring nice materials. I used to bring a nice like compass, but I, I like a nice like lead behind stuff. We kind of pulled out. I would kind of know it by heart already because 
I, when I created it, even the generic stuff, like I create everything kind of myself. I'll work a little bit with the, with materials of a brokerage I'm in or kind of like, right. But like, you know, like I'm, a, I'm very like hands-on and I think you should be because it's right. your brand and right. you got to think about these things. Mm -hmm. Like what's your value proposition if you're going to go pitch something? Like why right. are they going to hire me over somebody else? Right. And if you're not thinking about that, you know, the brokerage is one thing. The brokerage is great and the brokerage is going to give you that. But you, you need to think about, you know, also how you fit into the brokerage and how the brokerage is going to push you. Like, you know, how you all interline with that, how you work together and everything else, you know. So, you know, I, I had some lead behinds there, but I've been thinking about now and I got an idea. Someone told me this um, about maybe uh, I was actually talking to Shrag about it. You know, Michael, like mm -hmm. he was saying, you know, maybe you send the pitch in front, you know, maybe you send an email say, here's it, you know, or. Um, and then you bring it in on the iPad because we are kind of a tech company, right? So here's the here's the iPad, you know, kind of sticking with that vibe. And I'm also young. Maybe that's a good vibe, too. Yeah, you know, yeah. here it is. See it, you know, using some of the um, more digital stuff. So that's what I'm I haven't got to it. But I think the next stage for our pitching is more digital and more of like like online stuff yeah. where it's like because our, our materials. And I think what makes us a lot different is the stuff that we're doing with you today or the digital video marketing we do. Guys like Zach, who you met that give us such a leg up our team, like, you know, you know, how we, how we attack things, our social, our, our, how our website looks, how our marketing stuff looks. And it looks better in a visual, visual experience on a digital yeah. device. One of the things that we started to do, which was, and I got really into trying to understand who to, to save the money, right? Uh, I'm saving the money, save the time that I have on my pitches was when I was going into a pitch of somebody who was very tech based and, was easy to talk to, which is not always often when you're talking to big money people or hedge fund people who are time driven, analytical, like point A, point B, let's, let's just get, you know, they're not necessarily social creatures all the time. Um, when I, when I was open, I'd send them a presentation that was already integrated or I'd bring it to them on a pad and it literally was, they were involved in it. So it was like question A and they press their choice of here, uh, B choice of here. I created a listening presentation um, I, I got it inspired by a like dress apps where you like have your clothes sent to you and they're like, oh, pick which style you like. Do you like this? Do you like this? Like this? Well, pick what home do you like? Do you like quick car? Do you like do you like sports car, Range Rover? And so yeah. like I picked it and it was so, like they were so integrated into what they were doing, they were into the pitch and a lot of it was them reading and me going along with them. But there's other people that you know if you send them stuff before. There's no chance they're reading it. There's yeah. no chance they're reading it. And you're meeting them for the first time and they're like, 30 minutes. How much do you think my house is worth? And how, you know, how, how fast are you selling it? And why would I pick you? And go. Yeah. And you're yeah. not sitting there like, oh, page two. Uh, let me go to page two of it. like you're not gonna do it. You know? I, I think there's different situations. And I've heard this too, and I don't pull it. You know, I, I heard once, you know, I, was, I heard a, a talk one time with a guy that I used to work with. Uh, a business guy, like consulting guy. And he used to say, you're either the favorite or the fool, you know, when you go into a pitch. And I'm like, like, I believe that, but I also don't believe it all the time. Like, I do believe sometimes it's an even playing field. I do believe sometimes you go and you're the favorite. You know you're the favorite. You feel that you're favorite. Maybe he's talking to one other people, you know, but you're basically like, you kind of like, you got to lay up, you know, like it's pretty right. much laid up for you, you know, but then sometimes you go in there and you're like, I got to run a gauntlet like the one I just mentioned. They're like, I, I, I don't think there's any clear favorite. I think there's right. like a gauntlet that needs right. to be ran here. Um, because I didn't know that I got hired. I didn't know that guy from a whole while. I never talked to him in my entire life. I got right. referred from an interior designer who's a friend of mine and I sold the house to and loves me. Um, that was his interior designer. So I got referred in there. Um, and you know, 
that, that you know, I never even talked to him before, you know? So, right. I mean, you, I was going up against guys that, that rented his house for a gazillion dollars that he knew, you know, like that he actually hired to represent him on a rental as a list, as his listing agent for the rental on a high end rental. So if anyone was a favorite, it's probably that guy. Right. So some, you know, sometimes that you do feel when you're the favorite, but sometimes I do feel like it is a little bit more of a neutral where you got to work from it. You know, and we all love the pitches as real estate brokers, like, um, where you're, you know, you come in there and you feel like, all right, this is kind of a layup. I'm good. I'm kind of in already. And you can feel it, you know, and then you just got to kind of dive into the property. Um, but there's, we've all been on those pitches where it's like neutral and sometimes you win them and sometimes you lose it, you know? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. I wanted to ask you too, um, before we get into, we're kind of reversing this, we're going to talk about all this stuff here and then talk about yeah. the beginning later. But, um, I like to talk about when I go on pitches and I, and I talk about real estate now, what we're doing now, as opposed to what was done in the past. So traditional real estate is kind of dead and gone and bring it in the new eras, the young brokers. So in what way to whoever it is, when you're explaining how we're revolutionizing real estate going forward into the future and how we're changing the world with Compass and everything that we're doing, what do you, do you talk anything, do you talk specifically about any one way, whether it's uh, the way we're doing lifestyle videos or targeted marketing, do you talk about any one tool or one thing that you're like, this is really setting me apart that I have this? Yeah, I mean, I, I think Compass is, I, we might have talked about this when I saw you last, you know, like Matt Spangler was one of the first guys I met when I was recruiting to come over to this brokerage. And, you know, the, the marketing for me, I'm a, I'm a big marketing guy. Like, it's it's my thing. Um, and I when I when I started seeing their mindset of how they, they had in-house marketing agency, like, that is huge. Like, that gives me so many used tools. And you know, the reason I left my last brokerage and, you know, I won't drop names, but, you know, like I felt like I was losing listings I should be able to keep. And then I wasn't getting pitches. Like I was going on pitches, talk about layups where I'm like, dude, that was a, I never leaving one pitch later on in my career, this last brokerage. And I was like, I never looking at my guy on my team at the time. I was like, that was a layup. Like, how did we mess that up? Like, how do we just not get that listing? Like, and then we like find out who beat us. We're like, what? It's like, it's like losing to an expansion team. It was like, what, what, how did we just like, right. It's like the United States losing to France, you know. It's like how do we lose to yes, France? Nobody, yeah. Not trying to. You know, it's twenty twenty one. No one crucified me. Like, not you know. No one crucified me anywhere. But like right. you know, it, it it was it was like a, we should have got that. And you know, but those losses. That's what I'm seeing. Like those wins. Like all right, now I got to like reinvent that stuff. And you got to start like learning what you no. Know, but Compass is like in house marketing agency. I think you know, um, you know, some people don't get to tell, you know, some people that outside real estate won't know how powerful a good CRM is yeah. or how like the marketing center platform encompass is so powerful for an agent that I can just have my guy pump my network with my strategic tags and how I hit my database. So, you, you know, some people aren't on that. You got to know your audience too. I think when you know who you're talking to, you know, and, but regardless, I would say, even if you're talking to a most forward facing person, they're not really going to get that. Um, as much. So I try to, I try to stay wide and tell them, Hey, you know, if it goes into it though, I won't force it down their throat. If we start getting into compass, I'll say, Hey, listen, you know, what makes some difference is that I'm at the center of their universe. Like I'm an agent, it's an agent centric business and they're kind of building technology to support me. They also have incredible staff that's supporting me and the culture is powerful, which I can touch on. And then their network is, you know, we're the largest independent brokerage in the country with 91 billion in souls. Right. So like if you, I think with pitches, you got to move fast. Like you have to have a pace to it because people's, you know, 
people's attention spans are going to, you know, fly away. Yeah. You know, I right. think you've got to keep a pace to it and you can't get caught in rabbit holes and you've got to be really cognizant of it. And in a way, that's why when I left that pitch that day, I felt like I went through a Senate confirmation hearing. But that's when I know I went through a good pitch because, like, I didn't let my brain, my brain rest. I was, like, in it and I was engaged and I was moving it and it was at pace. And I was like, and when I left, I was like, I took a breath. I was like, whoa, like, I need a nap, right? Like, it was like, yeah. but it had a pace to it. Yeah. So when you, and this is interesting, because some people who might see this or hear this don't understand because they don't do this business, and I did this all the time. When you left the house, took his hand, dapped him, whatever, and you leave, did you leave with signed paperwork right then and there? No. What I like to do is I bring it and say, here's the agreement. Like, it shows that, like, you know, I'm confident I'm going to get it. Here's the agreement. You can take right. a look at it. I always like include it. I left the plank, like the price blank. Like I, I put it in there. So I was like, you can see what our agreement looks like because it helps it feel a little bit more solid. But I didn't, um, you know, they had a lot to think about. It was it was like there was so much competition where we just kind of had to wait and see, you know, and if we won, you know, we kind of had to wait around and see if we if we, we did it. And that was my follow up. With, so yeah. you don't hard close this is not that kind of, this is not how this stuff works. No, no, I, I, I you know, honestly, like I'm not, a, you know, I'm actually, you know, what's kind of changed my life was actually, um, uh, there's a guy out there and every, I, you know, he changed my life. It's kind of Chris Voss, like, oh, um, yeah. he's, he's amazing. And I think I started later on in my career, he was, this, he, he started it and then I've kind of got into it more, but like, like, I, I believe in like empathy, right? Like I think empathy is one of the number one like sales stuff for sales guys. Like, right. Because it's like, you're trying to understand who they are and right. what they are and what their needs are. Right. And like, I feel like you got to understand and work back from them, you know, and not be like, sign this now, you know, not right. lead with yes, but almost lead with like Chris Voss talks about leading with no, you know, like, right. Um, but like, like learning the art of the open-ended questions, you know, and actually you know, being more open than closed, being like, well, how can I help? Or how can we get this signed up? Or what can I do to help? You know, like right. those kind of questions, um, you know, because that's what I want my clients to feel. I don't want my, my clients to feel like, like I shove, like, you know, I want them to feel like Matt's got my back. Right. Matt's here to help me. Like I can call Matt for anything. He's got a great team. He's, you know, like this is what, you know, the compass thing is what Rory says, right? Like what right. does success look like? Right. It's a very compass phrase which i love right like what does success look like right what does success look like with our clients and on the brain back advisor team is like after a transaction where they're like i'm going to use them again it, it becomes more relationship you know we, we feel like we've gotten into them on a deeper level right and we've brought you know we're like now on a like a, you know we can go have a coffee like we're very we're friendly we're deeper it's not just a transaction right um where they feel like we have their back they feel like we've always hit in their best interest we feel like we got our stuff together um, and we're working for them all the time. And, you know, we, we were aggressive, but like, you know, we weren't forcing things, but we got deals done, but you know, we had a pay, you know, we weren't like, just like, you know, I'm not saying be passive. I'm just saying, you know, um, you know, be working for your client. It's just really about them and put them at the center. You know, because they can smell, especially on the high end and the luxury, they, they smell broker coming my way. Yeah. Too smart. Yep. And I just, you know, sometimes with these hedge fund guys, I'm just, confident that I'm probably, you know, have the lowest IQ in the room and that's all right, you know, but <laughs> it's, it's okay, you know, like, you know, it's all good. And I didn't, you know, I don't have an, I don't have double MBAs from, 
I didn't graduate from Yale and have an MBA from Harvard. It's all good. You know, like yeah. we can still jam and, and make deals. And, but, uh, you know, you can't, they're too smart, you know, and they're just, they're too yeah. present and they're locked. You can't, you can't broke from this mill. They just want to know you're for them and you got their back. Guys at that level, you want to be a consultant. You want to be an advisor. Uh, uh, Voss had that awesome book. I think it's called Don't Split the Difference. I think it's uh, great book. Everyone, if you're in awesome. sales and you listen to this or you're whatever, you should listen. I mean, you should just read it anyway. Right. Um, like I was trying to help my little, my wife's little niece the other night. She came over. She's trying to like, she's going through a tough time. And, you know, she's like, you know, these first life situations you have when you're like 21, 22, we all remember them, you know, like, and I was just giving her some stuff from that book. Like, you you know, right. if you're 21, you should read that book, even if you're not in sales, like it's so good. Yeah. Um, just learning the mentality of, of, um, you know, just, just learning that mentality. Right. Absolutely. And being there with the open-ended questions. I mean, there was a great book. I can't remember the name, but I put it in one of my uh, my coaching uh, books that I did for some clients. And um, it was just so, does it make sense for us to do, do this? Does it make sense? And what would you say the next steps are? So it's not a yes or no. It's not me telling you one way or the other. It's advising, consulting, and, and kind of going through in that, that way. These guys, you're going to have relationships that are going to last uh, a long time. And their business means the world. So you have been super successful. So everybody listening and watching out there, listen to exactly what Matt says and how he's explaining it. Because, because when you're working with clients at the level that you're working with clients, the difference between people getting jobs or not getting jobs or winning the property or not winning the property or what listing, whatever, is the difference between how they come off and what you're saying and the littlest things for these people that catch everything are important. So that's great insight, man. Thank you so much for sharing all that. Um, no problem. No problem. Let's go. I think, I think, and people are going to learn more about this as well when they watch the, the video of the, the tour of the property. I want to touch on two things. Um, I think the relationship with you and your mom and you starting at 22 in the business and how you kind of came up is fascinating. Um, because I have a completely different other view of it. I, I come from a family of all teachers. My dad's a teacher, my mom's a teacher, my grandfather's a teacher, my wife's a teacher. We're all teachers, educators, we're all sports people. And I thought that was my life forever. And then I got into sales a little bit later in life and into real estate advising a little bit later in life. But you started out at like 22 and you grew up around it. What was that life like being around a successful real estate broker like your, your mom and I think your dad was a developer, I think you said. Was yeah, builder, builder, developer. You know, I grew up as a kid. I hated it. You know, like I, yeah. I, I, uh, it wasn't like uh, bright lights and probably growing up with a dad that played first base for the, the Yankees or something. You know, it okay. was, um, you know, it was, uh, it, you know, it, I, I saw the work ethic, though. I mean, I, this stuff I would lean on later on in life because I would see how what it took. Um, I was, I, I, it was annoying as a kid because it was like, all they talk about is how real estate all the time and work. And like, I'm like, you know, they're just very engaged and, and grinding and, but I saw what it took, you know, I never, you know, I remember my dad driving me home from school and, you know, picking me up from sports practice and like, I got to go check out this site and the guys are still be working at five 30 at night and framing a house. And this is before cell phones. I didn't have any, I'm sitting there, you know, running around the job, like throwing dirt mounds and sitting in the front seat of his truck. But, you know, so I kind of grew up around this whole thing. It just kind of like, I guess it kind of became ingrained in my blood. But, you know, what drew me to the business was 
like not really observing them, but I think it was like, you know, which is probably what you need to make it like you need something in your inside of yourself. You know, like what made me was like, I had always had an entrepreneurial spirit. Like I had this, like, I'm not a contained person. Like I am not, you can't tether me. I hate being tethered. Yeah. Um, I'm not a nine to five, like sit at a, like I could, I couldn't, like I needed to kind of be the, you know, I think that's why at the end of my probably career working with my mom, I think was, um, struggling with like i needed to get out in front and be yeah. leading it you know and i think that's for for me that was that was it so you know my entrepreneurial spirit was really what drew me drew me there and i think of like wanting to get into a field where i, I had you know I, I could utilize some of my creative talents and you know I, I realized that you needed money to make money like i remember being 22 i had an english degree and i'm driving went to gettysburg college and driving around the battlefields of gettysburg you know deep thinking after finals week, you know, it's freaking early morning. I just like got my paper done. I just was like, let me go get like a thing from 7-Eleven. I'm, I'm like, what am I going to do when I get out of here? You know, what am I going to do? And like, it just kind of dropped in my head. Like it was, you know, kind of divine. It was just like, you know what? Like it just kind of this whole thought process, like my mom's in real estate. Like I could like maybe make money doing that and start other companies or, you know, take the money and like create something and, you know, do something pretty amazing. Um, and I, what I found is that I ended up just falling in love with the business and falling in love with real estate and the whole thing, something I never thought I would, you know, but I did. Um, so, so I think it's interesting. So you, you went to Gettysburg, uh, to get an English degree to, when you went to, to college, were you thinking that you were going to do something after college or were you like, I don't really know, but this is kind of interesting to me to get this degree and we'll see what happens. Did you have like a whole other life plan before real estate? Like that wasn't going to be something um, else? I think not to speak about myself in the third person, but I think like, I think if you could look at me now and be like, all right, Matt, like, you know, all these great things you said about me on this podcast, which I really appreciate, man. And thank you. But like, like, yeah, like there's some cool stuff I've done, like in my late twenties, my thirties, like in this business and my accomplishments and stuff. And it's like, yeah, like me, like I was a mess, like 18. Like I, I didn't know I was very, you know, I was all over the place. I didn't know what. You know, I ended up just at a liberal art college and, you know, Gettysburg. it's a great school. You know, I just kind of went where the best the best place I could go, you know, and um, you kind of see with a lot of people that get into kind of these kind of professions or entrepreneurs like we're just not we're not the best students. You know, I think like I love I'm, I feel like I'm an intellectual person, like I actually love to read. I'm a big reader. Um, you know, I love to I love reading. Um, but I, I again, it was like that containment of things was was hard. Um, and uh I, I was very confused. I didn't know what, you know, I I think I was all over which I, what should I, you know, major or I should be. And I think if, you know, now being a father, it's like, I feel like I can at least impart wisdom on my kids to see what they can do. But it's, you know, I think getting in the business at a young age and being very confused at a young age has given me talk about empathy, high levels of empathy for me to like, like, I actually like to invest on my team, I like to hire, like, like you met Zach, like Zach's a 25 year old kid. I hired Zach intern for me while I was at college and I hired him right out of college because like, I, like, I know that life and I like want to impart wisdom to them to be like, these are like just great years to like learn and grind. And like, it, it, it's a, it's like be a sponge, you know, in those years. Um, yeah. and you have time, you know, um, to, you know, um, 
you know, you hear Gary Vee talk about this a lot too, about kids that are like in their twenties, like just go and just, you know, get what, do what you love and get into it deeply, you know? Right. And uh, for me, I wanted to be an entrepreneur. That was kind of what I, what I loved. I wanted to like start a, I wanted to be, I wanted to run, I want to be a CEO. I just wanted to run a company or something of that nature or start something cool. And it ended up just being the profession that I got into that fund whatever I was trying to do. Yeah, absolutely. So then you, you, you get into the real estate business, you start working for uh, the real estate company, working with your mom. We talk a yeah. little bit about this in, in the YouTube video um, yeah. about your bet where you'll see uh, on the house. Um, then you kind of go through a time where now you're doing deals with her and then here comes this, I got to pave my own path and I got to go out on my own. And then you kind of have the split a little bit with your mom, who is a very successful real estate broker. Oh, yeah. And I think that, again, if people who don't watch the video, uh, who are just listening to this or watching this, who can't, like, there's going to be so many people who are, like, trying to figure this out. So, like, you guys are family, mother, son. Yeah, yeah, definitely what get into it. Like, you, we talked about it, but just to go over real quick. Like, yeah, no. What was that like? Uh, you know, yeah, I'd love to talk about it. I mean, I, my mom is amazing. And we're our relationship now is better than it's ever been. And you know, people always are like, well, you know, they try to listen, you're not the first person, won't be the last. It's like, well, what's, you know, like they try to understand it. And, um, you know, we've always been really close. Um, you know, hopefully my siblings aren't watching this, but she jokes all the time that I'm like her favorite and that's all right. I'll take it. I'm the favorite. So, um, you know, I think when I was 22, I asked her to come work for her. She didn't want me to come in their business. She, she knew, I think it was a tough business. Um, you know, I think at the time the business was much different. You know, it wasn't, um, you know, what I love about Compass is they're trying to elevate the industry. You heard Leonard Steinberg talk about this. I'm trying to make it like doctors and lawyers and yep. they're, they're trying to take it up. And I think, you know, at the time it wasn't really thought about that. It was a second, third career kind of business. All my buddies are moving to New York to like, what are you like a part-time, you know, you know, you know, second, third career person. Like, yeah. you know, what are you doing? Like, like we're all moving to New York. I'm like, you know, I don't know. I love the lifestyle of the Hamptons. And again, I was also worried about getting shoved in it. I always wanted, I felt like I had big things on me. Like I had, like, I felt like blessed with like, I had some stuff to do, you know, I felt like destined for, for bigger things. I didn't want to go sit in like a little corner, you know, in a cubicle and, you know, working for some, yeah. you know, I don't even know what I was doing. And, that, and, and listen, there's, 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 if you're on this, listen, it's like, I'm not judging you for that. Everyone has no, their own right. path. Like, the point is that everyone has their own path and, you know, everyone has kind of what's on their life and what they're born with skill sets and, um, for me, I'm a, a spiritual Christian guy, like what God is destined you to do. Right. So it's like, you got to have these things that you've been gifted. Right. Um, so I started working for my mom at 22 and it was, it was tough. I mean, I was a 22 year old kid, like, you know, local Hamptons boy, kind of surfer looking surfer, like to surf, like guy, um, you know, out of college and, and it, you know, um, but I remember like, I was, I was always a good learner and I listened a lot. I was in a great office coming in out of there. And, um, you know, I never like the, the brokers kind of looking at me like, like I'm the top, my mom's the top broker at this company. Right. It was Alan Schneider. It was a small boutique and, and Corcoran ended up buying this brokerage, but it was like a very family oriented, like luxury boutique in the Hamptons that was really blossoming at the time. Yeah. And it was like, had some of the top brokers out there. And uh, they're looking at my mom's a top broker. Like, who's this kid? They wanted to throw knives at me coming in that office. They're like, it's just like they were like, it was not like the most friendly, real you know, friendliest situation. I'm just this young kid, and um, 
you know, I never, I ended up, my mom went away on vacation. I sold the house in two weeks, 2006. And, uh, she, she came back. I remember when I first got my first taste of the business, she actually, I remember she put on her voicemail. She said, call my assistant, Matt, cause she was going to Africa on a safari. I was like, mom, you left me with the freaking keys to your business. I'm 22. I mean, she like pushed me right into the thing. Off she the just said, jump right in. You're in she now. Jump and see if I could swim. And uh, she's like that though. She's very nice and kind, but I think that she wanted to see if I, what I had. And I remember my phone was just ringing all day. I didn't, I, I was 22. I was like, what the hell's going on? I remember this little nice guy in front of me. He's still brokering. He does a couple of deals, but he's kind of winded it down. At the time it was much bigger. And he was like, this guy, Lewis, um, shout out to Lewis Apito, man. He's still, he's still out there. You can look him up. He's still a cork and broker. Good guy. And he sat in front of me and I'm like, Lewis, like my phone was blowing up. I'm like, I don't even know how to set an appointment. I messed up one appointment. This guy from Goldman Sachs is screaming at me on the phone. I, he just, one of the clients who's you know, like, you're supposed to show up. Where are you? I'm like, I was getting like, talking about getting punched in the face. And, but I ended up selling a house. This, this guy from LA flew out. He was a movie producer, you know, wanted to look at Sag Harbor. I showed him one of our listings, old 12 bedroom Victorian in Sag Harbor Village. Like such a cool house. I still drive by and my wife's like, if I hear about this one more time, I was like, that's the first house I sold right there. See that thing's the first one. <laughs> and, uh, and I, and we, and I sold it and 2.8 million or something in that range. And, and I remember like, I always joke, like it was, it was like two and a half weeks. I thought I killed, I thought I was like on top of the world. Like I thought I was like, yeah, you know, um, I remember I was like, I was like made 40 grand at 22 years old. It was like, I think I always joke, like I was like, I bought an X5 because I needed a nice car. And then I spent the rest on tequila and then I was broke <laughs> and I was like, no more money. Son, that's it. I need a loan. I'm out. Yeah. You know, and, uh, I thought I was like Jordan Belford for like 10 minutes and, and then it all went out the window. And, but, uh, you know, it's all these lessons you learn in this business. So, you know, I, I just, you know, I ended up growing into my mom's business. I was started as an assistant, you know, I worked my way up, um, you know, you know, to, to becoming her partner. And my mom would always say, she's like, Matt, like you didn't make me number one. She was a top broker when she's there and she's still, you know, on and off the top broker at her brokerage. Like right. she still crushes it. But like, she's like, you kept me number one. And I think what I start, you know, the entrepreneurism in me, like I'm mainly like, I'm a visionary person. Like I like to, I see things. I'm not the guy that you probably want managing the project, but I can really create the vision and the strategy and, and, and kind of put some of the back end pieces together. So like, like we started email blasting through MailChimp when no one was doing that. This is like 2008, 2009. Like it was just email marketing was just getting going. Um, that was like, I started getting that going with her. Like I got us on Dropbox. I was like, mom, this is too hard. Dropbox is just kind of getting going out. I was like, mom, we can put the surveys on here. I built the whole folder system. So like I started putting this stuff in place, you know, um, I remember going on a picture there and she showed up with a, with a word document. This is like 2009 or something too. You know And I'm like? I'm like, mom, what the F is that? Like, we're pitching, like, we're going on, this guy's like worth like $200 million. Like you got to, you printed that on Microsoft Word. Like, don't we have like a picture book or like, what can we do yeah. something, you know? Yeah. So like, that's when I got into the pitches. So I started doing all our pitch or all our pitches. And I would, then I would, you know, it just started growing. I started like, then I started talking more in the pitches. Like, you know, like that's, I talked about people being a sponge. Like for my mom, this is what I look for for young agents when I'm trying to hire people. It's like, like for my mom, I was like, mom, can I drive? I was like, I'll take, I'll, I'll, I'll research the whole route. I'll drive on the appointment. She's like, yeah. And I would just listen to herself. I would just sit in the front. I would drive the car. That's all. I would, I would drive the appointment and I listen to her just do it. I would sit in the office. I'll go to the office every day. I would listen to guys sell, you know, I'll listen to guys broker. I would listen to how they do it. I listen to how they talk. 
I listen to how they, you know, on a sales meeting, how they pitch the listing. This guy, Gary, Gary DePurgis, you know, Gary's still selling too. I don't care he's my competition. I'll give him props, right? Like, I remember him. He was the best guy in that sales meeting back in the day where he would like, he just would, he just loved his listings and he just had a great delivery. And I was like, oh, I love that. You know, so you just like keep learning. I was a sponge. I kept going. I kept growing. Um, you know, and I think like, at, at, you know, I started kind of like, I think, getting, you know, I started getting kind of very confident and then I wanted to like do more with the business. I was kind of getting in and then I wanted more to do more. You know, I, I've just always been that type of personality and, and drive to do it. So I think, you know, I started, I realized that my mom was kind of constrict. There, there was limitations to how much she wanted to change. Um, and I couldn't push the boundaries more than that. And I respected those boundaries because, you know, my mom earned that. Talk about earning wins. I mean, she freaking earned that. I mean, she came from nothing either. My family doesn't come from anything. My grandfather was a firefighter. My other grandfather was a plumber. Like, we don't, we don't, we're not like generational well. Like, my family came out of here and hustled. So, like, I, I just, but I, I respected her hustle. She came as a mom of three kids. Her young, my youngest sister went to school and she started with nothing. My dad was a builder. My dad told her, like, when she started, like, you can keep doing it if you, you got enough to take us on vacation. And she's like, yeah, we went to St. Lucia that year. And we were, and we did. I remember that trip and it was amazing. Like she, my dad wasn't even that supportive when she started. And she, she, I was like, mom, you, this is your business. Like I'm ready for my, like I said, everyone's got their destiny. They're what's on them to go do. I'm like, you know, and I'm, you know, it was cool. So like we went to lunch and it was very cool. And she was so supportive and so amazing. She was like, Matt, I, I love you. I, I appreciate, you know, go do, you know, do your thing, you know, whatever you need to be, to be happy, to feel content, you know? And for me, I was tired of everybody in this business, I, you know? I went to dinner with a mortgage broker last night and I was like, the broker, the broker, the broker community in the Hamptons is sometimes like the mob, you know, you can't keep them happy. They always got something to say. Right. You know, they're always like, and I was saying like, but for me, I use it as motivation. Like I use it as motivation that they were like, you know, they, everyone treated me like I was just like Susan's son that I had all my successes from her, you know, and that, um, you know, that I, I, I use that as chips. It's like Michael Jordan, in the last dance, you know, it was like looking, you know, he used to pull that stuff to, to bring that energy to, yeah. to, to get after inspire me. And I, I was like, you know what? Like when I went out on my own, I came out of a cannon. Like I was like ready to just like, you know, cause I knew like, if you ever do this, anyone's on this podcast and listen to this too. Like if you're ever in a group and you're on a team and you're going to go venture, if you're going wide, right. Yo, God bless you. I did that. It's awesome. All props, but you got to come in hot. Like you can't come out and sputter. And cause you have like six months to make it or you're going to drown. Yeah. But honestly, like you, if you go out on your own, you got about like a six, at most a year, but six months to like come out and start like get a couple of, start getting some momentum or you're going to start grasping for straws. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I just was, I, I was like, I refused to, to not do it. And I just had this motivation that I was just going to go make this thing happen. And I remember being in the office till nine o'clock at night, um, cold calling some of the clients that I still have today, um, developers and whatnot that I still work with and still, you know, and, uh, well, that's right, my right wife there, what you're talking yeah. about right there. Um, because people are watching, they're going to hear it and going to go, okay, well, sure. You earned it on your own. Maybe you did. Um, but how the heck did you get to work with Kyrie Irving and Jason Kidd and sell all these amazing houses and work with these billionaires and everything like that. And I'm sure some of it was because 
um, referrals and business and people have worked with other people and stuff like that. But I'm sure there's also another part of it that don't, that nobody wants to talk about because they just want to figure it's all easy of hitting the phones and starting a relationship that starts with a call and then works all the way to a friendship and then a referral to this person, this person, right? So I'm sure it wasn't just mm -hmm. given to you to work with, hey, here's Kyrie and Jason kid and no, they no started way, that way. No way. I mean, I think, I think guys that, you know, I, I think the like, you gotta, you gotta love the process more than a result, you know, like I love strapping on every day, going and putting, like, I, I call put money in the bank, like getting the calls, making those calls, doing those things, like, you know, making those relationships and, um, and getting after it. And I think it took a lot of, you know, I call brick by brick. Like, I think it was like, just like day after day, like doing the same, like going after it, pushing it, pushing it, pushing it, pushing it, making those calls, emails, text, following up, doing, 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 like going after it hard, hard, hard. And I think when you get the opportunities, um, you know, you got to close them and you got to make it happen. And then it's like, when you have these happy clients, like then you start getting the referrals and you get moved in. And, um, you know, I got, I got Jay kid from a, a client. He actually showed up at a house I was marketing. Um, and he was like, he ended up meeting this guy. Talk about like the Zillow age. He met some broker online. This guy's like a software investor from, from Orlando, Florida. Uh, he pulls up in like a Lambo and I'm like, who is this guy? He's a younger guy. He's like a little older, maybe five years older than me at the time. And he comes in his name's Seth. And I'm like, hey, what's up? And he's like, you know, and he's like, you got to help me. Like, I want to get this house. But this guy broke. I don't know. I met him on Zillow. I don't know what he's doing. Like, I don't know. I was like, I'll take care of him. And yeah. I'm like, not trying to. So, so Hamford, I can't prerequisite. Like, no one come after me for license infringement here. But like, I was like, all right, we'll do the deal. The guy got paid, obviously. But like, you know, he was, you know, it was a little bit of more of one of those deals where it was collaborative. Like he was talking to me that he was talking to the other guy. It was like very like, you know, incestuously everyone was talking, but you know, he really loved the way I dealt. We kind of related, we hit it off, we built rapport. Um, and I found out later, which I didn't know then that he was part owner of the, uh, the Orlando magic, this guy. And, um, he opened that door to, to, to Jay, um, when Jason was looking for a house and, um, you know, ended up selling a house. And again, you just gotta like, you gotta get, you gotta make it happen though. Like this business is about results. We kind of talked about at the beginning, it's wins and losses, right? It's like, like Jay kid, we got him a great house and I got him at a great deal. I never like, um, it was not easy like to, to get him that deal too. I never like he had, you know, a lot of people look at it for him and it was not easy, but we, you know, he bought it at a really good number. And then when we sold it for him, I think we made him some good money on the exit, you know? So I think it's like having good results for your clients where they, like I said, feel taken care of and making it happen, you know? Um, and then you just start building your network. Like, like the young guys that I work on my team, like, I'm like, you got to build your network. You got to build your database. You got to build your network. You got to build your database. And it's like, you know, and it, I think this business, it's like, as you grow in it, it's like the scaling it is the hardest point. Like when you yeah. just like, it's like you're juggling, like I got a guy on my team that came, he used to sell in San Diego. Um, shout out to Greg Gold, you can check him out too. Like Greg is a great kid. He's not even a kid, he's my age, he's a great guy. But he like came out of San Diego, um, you know, and like I told him, I was like, I believe in you, man, I've seen you. Like he was a little bit skeptical, you know, on the real estate industry. I was like, dude, quit this other job, come in full hand, like let's go, you know, cut the strings. You know, it's like like Tony Robbins, burn the boats. Burn the boats. Like, you know, and, and he did. And, but now he had an amazing 2020 and he's had a really good 2021, like first quarter, but he's starting to like, you know, he's like going through some stuff. And I'm like, that's his business. It's like, 
it's like winning is fleeting in this business. It's just, it's just like the bigger you get, the harder it is. It's like, you know, it's like, it's just the, the more stuff you got going on, then you got to scale, you know, and then you got too much business. You got to build a team. Then you're trying to build a team. You got like, now you got like, you know, it's like now you're managing people, you know, and it just keeps, it's like a, you know, the level keeps going up. So, you know, like him, he, he had a great success and now he's like juggling too much. And how do I do that? You got to start like, you know, thinking about your own systems and how you're right. tagging people in your CRM and how you're following up with people and, um, you know, learning new, new traits and involving and, and, and moving forward. And I think that's, um, that's huge, you know, Absolutely. as you go. Absolutely. So we talked a lot, uh, on this podcast. One thing we didn't talk about, um, that I want to touch best before we end today is just you're in, you live and you have a family in a beautiful location where a lot of people vacation. We kind of talked about this privately, but so what do you, what do you do like in like, so your own personal life when you're not selling celebrity homes all over the place and, and working with buyers, what do you do to unwind and vacation? Are you a golfer? Are you a skier? Yeah, yeah. Are you a... It's funny. Thank, thank God. Listen, also shout out to all the executive assistants out there. Cause I don't know, guys like me would float into space, Yes, but actually I was going to sneak out today <laughs> to go play a couple nine holes with oh, an okay. attorney friend of mine. And Daniel's like, you got, you got your podcast with Michael. And I, was oh, like, I messed oh. it up. So Daniel, no, Daniel, you're like, it's not your fault. Mike. But <laughs> anyway, it, it, it's, uh, I like the golf, you know, um, it, that's, that's a big thing for me. I mean, I've always been a sports guy. Um, you know, I got into golf because when I was in my twenties doing real estate, you know, I would deal with these guys and it, it was much different business then too. Like I was like, I was the youngest guy in the company by like, not even like, five years to like yeah. 15 years. Like the youngest people were like in their early thirties or like 33, 34, 35. And I was 22. Like that right. was the age difference when I started. Right. And now the industry is much different. Right. Um, but I couldn't, you know, I had these like 30, 35 year old guys and 50 year old guy, whatever. I had all these like older people, you know, I was working with my mom at the time and she, uh, golf was like, I, I always talked about golf. So I just started learning how to play golf. Right. You know, Right. So, so golf is still a thing that you do for recreation. Yeah. And it's great for business. I think it's great as an agent. I think it's, you know, you get out there and play. It's a frustrating game. It can be very difficult, but I fell in love with it. I started loving it, you know? And so, then where else, where else do you like to do anything else like that you like to do besides golf? Like you I'm big, big skier, big skier, always been a big skier. It's actually probably higher than golf for me is skiing. Um, but it's obviously a seasonal sport, but, um, you know, uh, my wife and I actually got engaged down in Aspen. I love Aspen. I've oh, been out there nice. a ton. Um, I skied a lot. I skied in Europe. Like, I love I love skiing. The mountains, I have a place in Vermont. Um, and I think as a broker, especially if you're in a place like the Hamptons, which can get kind of fishbowl-y, it's like a high octane. You know, it has a New York kind of feel. It's country town, but oh, it's yeah. got like a pink. And, it, it, you know, just to get out and detail, you know, just to get out. And to, like, I love New England just like – get out in the, in the mountains there and just take a breath. And um, how did you go from, I know you, you know, you're from the Hamptons. How did you, where was your first experience with skiing? Is, did you go on a family trip and you just fell in love with the, the no, my dad, my dad was, um, well, my parents were going to move somewhere to start a family. It was either the Hamptons or Aspen. Right. And my dad would, was a big skier and, um, you know, we ended, so he was like, I'm going to move to Hamptons, but, we, every year we had a ski house in Hunter Mountain in upstate New York. So we would oh, go yeah. skiing. Trump from. Like for my, you know, until my mom started selling real estate. Um, 
And that, and that's when I also realized the sacrifice of real estate. Like, like I, I watched my own family dynamic change when my mom started selling real estate. And it's also led me to try to start a team and build a, a different model because, you know, it's a tough, it's a, it's a tough go, especially as a family guy and you're in this business and you're working seven days a week. It's, it's not necessarily healthy and it's not necessarily healthy for not only for anything, your relationships or physically right. or anything. It's, it can be a grind. You know? Right. So that's awesome. So you got, you have golf and you have skiing. Uh, you have an amazing family. Um, oh, thank you. And uh, you have an amazing career. You're an awesome guy. And I want to thank, thank you, you so much for number one, having me over to your property uh, in East Hampton, which I'm so excited to portray and show and, and um, for everyone to get to see that's coming out soon. Um, for also just being on here and giving us so much invaluable information on yourself and your career and tons of insight from a pro like you. Um, tell everybody where they can find you, reach you, check you out. Yeah, no doubt. And I appreciate you, Mike. And just so everyone knows too, like I'm still learning, I'm still growing. I hope it, it helps anyone out there. I'm, I'm still learning myself and you got you to gotta grow every day and that's one thing to do. So you can find me at Matt Breitenbeck on Instagram, at Breitenbeck Advisory on Instagram. Uh, BreitenbeckAdvisory.com is our website. Um, so thanks again for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely, man. And uh, to everybody out there, check out Matt. He is awesome. And the Breitenbeck Advisory Group is uh, the best in the Hamptons. And uh, again, thank you so much for being on. And ladies and gentlemen, again, thank you for watching and listening and Leaders of Lifestyle podcast. Until next time, take care.